This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. What's the vibe, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Running Off the Screen, presented by Raptors Republic. I am the man they call Mac. I could imagine that going into every offseason, each of the 30 NBA teams create their checklist of what needs to be done before the new season arrives. Depending on how many of those checklist items were taken care of would dictate how successful their offseason would be. And just like NBA front offices, sports media or basketball media creates their own expectations for every team with a prioritized focus on their specific markets. And with those expectations rolling into the offseason, coming out of the offseason, they assign a grade. So in this episode, in the spirit of a new school year beginning, I will compile a checklist of what the Raptors were expected to do in the offseason, see if they were able to do it, and then we will allocate a grade. The first thing on our checklist would be acquire assets for Kyle Lowry. The majority of the NBA knew that this would be the end of the Lowry era in Toronto, preferably in a deal resulting in a signing trade scenario, but we were not sure where he was going to go. There were seemingly only two options in the 76ers and the Miami Heat. But you can say that the Pelicans could toss their name in in the mix um, with an intriguing offer as well. We obviously took the Miami route, acquiring Goran Dragic and his expiring contract and a young big man prospect in Precious Achua. And with that said, I would give this a grade of B+. Dragic still has some value as someone who could be a key contributor to a playoff team if we choose to trade him. Uh, But let's say for whatever reason we can't move him and he proves to be toxic. We're not tied to him on a long-term deal. I would I would have gave this entire deal an A or higher if we somehow received another young prospect and some draft picks or some pick swaps. And the acquisition of Achua leads me into the second item on the Toronto Raptors offseason list. And that would be obtaining athletic and physical bigs. A collective sigh took place through the Raptors fan base immediately when Rashawn Holmes resigned with the Kings on a four-year, $55 million contract. And I'm sure a few of us were punching the air when Nerlens Noel signed that deal with the Knicks on a three-year, $32 million deal. But let's be honest, Precious Achua has a way higher ceiling than both those players and also his cap hit is nowhere near as crippling. He gave us a glimpse of his potential in a couple summer league games, draining threes, 
um, guarding multiple positions, running the floor well in transition, and just playing with confidence and the toughness that we were missing from our team for majority of last season. In addition to that, we brought back Kem Birch on a three-year, $20 million deal, and he was a player that proved to be very effective in our system and someone I can see expanding his game even further. I grade these moves at a B plus as well. Um, Defensively, we lock up the majority of the league, or potentially we can lock up the majority of the league. Uh, Just not sure how we will do against players like Embiid, Towns, Jokic with this type of front court. So I couldn't give this a higher grade. I know those are superstars, but at least when we had pre-championship Marc Gasol, we knew he could slow down those type of players. And the next thing on our checklist was re-signing Gary Trent Jr. That was pretty much a lock to happen since he was a restricted free agent unless someone like Dallas swooped in and put together a crazy offer sheet. I'm I'm very excited to see his career ascend to the next level. I strongly feel that he will realize his full potential under this team's guidance, and maybe he can get some most improved player consideration this season, so we shall see. And having said that, re-signing Gary Trent Jr. to a similar annual number than Norman Powell, um or than what Norman Powell received from Portland, but on a shorter term, seemed like a solid outcome to me. Uh, But he still needs to prove himself as a consistent and efficient scoring threat. So there's not much more to say here. I give this move a B. The next thing on our checklist was to get some scoring off the bench. I don't think we really addressed this, Signing Mikhailuk could fill that need, but he hasn't been consistent enough in his career to confidently check this off the list. And to be fair, there weren't many solidified scoring options in free agency. So maybe that scoring can come from um, a Drogage, but I'm so detached from the idea of Drogage being a Raptor, so I'll leave that up in the air. Or maybe Yuta. Or Malachi can fill that role with another season and training camp under our system and having a consistent role. But there's still a lot left to be seen when it comes to how our bench rotation shakes out. So for now, I'll give this a C-. Most importantly on this checklist would be re-signing Masai Ujiri for the culture Uh, For the identity, for humanity, Masai Ujiri came back to where he belongs. Outside of picking up great players, building an organization with a strong front office and staff is often overlooked. Masai is probably the most recognized team president in the NBA, so losing him would have been a massive hit to the morale of the team and would have painted another layer to the narrative of people not wanting to be in Toronto as a Raptor. Also, I would like to um, shout out the acquisitions of Earl Watson and Trevor Gleason, two assistant coaches with valuable experience. Um, Earl Watson brings an amazing perspective. His record as a head coach shouldn't dictate his value as a basketball mind. He, He has visionary and motivational traits that will be very beneficial for our young prospects, 
especially guys like Gary Trent Jr. and uh, Scotty Barnes. Trevor Gleason had a uh, 30. He had a 63.6 winning percentage and five championships in the NBL. So he's used to winning. Uh, He could bring some creative outlooks on certain scenarios he worked through overseas, similar to what Nick Nurse did and what he brought um, to our team when he first joined as an assistant. But anyway, um, let's get to the final offseason grade. And for reference, I wanted to tell you guys um, the other outlets grades for our offseason. CBS Sports gave us a B minus. Clutch Points gave us a B plus. Sports Illustrated gave us a B. And Kevin Pelton from ESPN gave us a D plus. I didn't see the full explanation. Um, I know a little blurb I seen showed that he talked about passing up on Suggs, and I don't know he's. He's literally, I'm pretty sure he didn't watch any Raptors basketball and didn't really understand what we needed this offseason. So personally, calculating all the previous checklist items I went over while keeping in mind the weight of importance of certain items, I gave the Raptors a final offseason grade of B+. But please let me know how you would grade the Raptors offseason in the comments below. I'll be back again next week. Please remember to like, subscribe, and raise the vibe. Peace.